Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world. Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom. And I'm Isaac from Resolute Man. We've been married 19 years and have seen the fruit in raising our eight kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible. We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from the faith by age 18, and it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting in a fallen world. Welcome to the podcast. If this is your first time, we're so glad you're here. Many of you, though, have been listening for a while, and we love you guys. Uh, Welcome to our home if you're watching Mm -hmm. most of you are listening though and tonight we have water no coffee that's strange huh and we're trying we're we're kicking coffee after 4 p.m hun that's that's my (laughs) (laughs) one of my initiatives (laughs) well hey uh we're gonna dive into this this episode is a very special one your kids will never learn from what you hide from them there's four Mm -hmm. key points and this has to do with their relationship with God and how your testimony and your growing story can make Mm -hmm. a massive difference in that. And if you are hiding that story from them or even not necessarily hiding it, but not opening up your life to your kids and sharing it with them, that can become a detriment too. So we're going to dig into some really um, powerful thoughts that we have just been brainstorming and discussing. And, um, you know, I, I was just praying as you were setting up the camera. This is just, this is like, here we go, raw, real. And I was just thinking, you know what, Lord, I just pray. And I hope you guys pray with me this, that I, I pray that parents listening recognize that they can't save their kids. That's only something that God can do, but that we have an incredible opportunity to invite our kids into those special places where they get to experience God by watching us experience God. Amen. And um, I really, I think that that's the core of it and it can look different for different people Yeah. and in different seasons of life too. And we're going to get really practical. We're also going to dig into a lot of scripture. I think this is a really powerful message that every parent, regardless of how old your kid is, because you can literally change things up. If you have a 17 year old, that's not walking with the Lord and you're like, I don't know what to do. Right. This one thing in your relationship with your child can change everything for them. When it starts at age two, right? It starts at a young age. Right. But that, but that's the thing. That's why this is so like powerful for everybody is that if you raise your kids doing this, it can be powerful. We had a little bit, pretty hard week actually, because some bad news came about. If you're following us on social media, um, Mm -hmm. you had a miscarriage and you're Mm -hmm. still going through that. We'll be talking about that in the next episode as it's still raw and in process. Right, honey? Mm -hmm. Yeah. We've been, there's a lot to process for us and all of our kids. It's different having a miscarriage with older kids. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, and this was very different experience than our first miscarriage. Yeah. Praise God for that. Yeah. He had mercy on me. Um, but, yeah, we're going to dig into that more in the next we'll, podcast. We'll cover it in the next one. And if you guys haven't heard in a while, we don't always share this, but we really feel God calling us to impact one million legacies um, with in a meaningful way where there's mm-hmm. actually 
change in the way that parenting happens to where their next generation and next generation after that and so forth mm -hmm. are biblically parenting their kids in this fallen world. Yeah. So we're really passionate about that. So every time you hit five stars on iTunes, which takes just takes a tap, by the way, or write a review, helps the mm -hmm. algorithms, helps more people find yeah. it. When you share, uh, whether it's CourageousParenting.com on the podcast section, uh, when you share that on social media or you Insta story with swipe ups or whatever you can do, yeah. it's whatever huge. You can do it's is a, super it's a huge deal, and we really yeah. appreciate it. Now, every Christian parent wants what do they want? Their kids to be saved. And, they want to know they're going to go to heaven. And the yeah. reality is what? That most Christian parents are actually fearful that their kids are going to have to rebel and come back or, or, or rebel kids, and they don't come back. Exactly. Right. There's a lot of myths out there, I would say. Yeah. Um, but I think that every Christian parent would agree that their heart's desire, they have a lot of heart's desires for their kids, right? Like a lot of people don't want their kids to suffer. They want them to be successful. There's a lot of things that people have as like goals or dreams for their kids. Sure. They want even just the simplest of like having happiness or joy, right? Yeah. But the reality is, yeah, we, we want those things for our kids, but but when the longer you walk with the Lord, the more you realize truths such as growth happens in the valley. Yeah. Right? And recognizing that if you want your kids to be grown in the Lord, then they're probably gonna have to walk through some hard times in their life. Yeah. And recognizing we live in a fallen world and that nobody gets a uh, free pass. You know, that's true to go to go, as they would say in Monopoly. Right. Hey, pass this. Go to go. Collect your two hundred dollars. You don't get to keep doing that in the game of life over and over and over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, and we we as parents want what's best for our kids. But if we have a biblical perspective, that's drastically changed. We no longer think about things or focus on things that are materialistic. But our heart's desire becomes more eternal. Yeah. So we have four keys for you guys right here. And the first one is the power of your testimony. Now, immediately what floods to mind is what your testimony is, right? How you came to know Jesus and uh, what happened there. And some of you. And where did you come from? And where did you come from? And yeah. really your story around coming to know the faith mm -hmm. and having a relationship with God. And some of you instantly are like, yeah, I know that crystal clear. I've shared that with people, and yeah. and uh, you know it's it's powerful. And uh, I was astray, and God found me, and it was some miraculous thing, which is amazing. And then some of you are more like me, maybe, where I was raised in a Christian home. There's not one day that I don't remember loving Jesus. There's not one day that I remember like actually doubting Him. I never doubted God. And, um, but I do remember thinking my testimony isn't powerful because I didn't have this like crazy conversion story. And I remember for years struggling with the lie, actually, that my testimony wasn't powerful. And that prevented me, I think, from sharing what is an encouraging testimony. And I think especially for Christian parents, don't, here we are putting in all this effort and raising our kids, discipling our kids, right? Yeah. I mean, if you're a courageous parent, you've been listening for very long, you are doing that. Yeah. And 
do you want your kids to have a testimony of, hey, I grew up in a Christian home. I was super blessed and I've just always believed in Jesus my whole life. And I've been learning and growing in him. And I, I realize my life isn't about me. It's about serving the Lord. It's about the Great Commission, about knowing him, making yeah. him known. And, and don't we all want our kids to have a, a testimony of faithfulness? Oh, absolutely. And how yeah. amazing is that testimony? Yeah. God protected you. From very little all the yeah, way through. And it's now, not that, that, that mean I was perfect right. by any means. I mean, I was a hard teenager. I think that if my parents were interviewed on the podcast, they would say, oh, we had some rough years with Angie. Sure. For sure. Um, I had rebellious um, times. and I, But my rebellious times were not as rebellious as most, Yeah, actually. God protected me even in the times when I was rebellious. So it's the, like the Holy Spirit really protected so me. So the point is, no matter what your testimony is, it's equally valid and equally powerful as anybody's mm -hmm. testimony because your kids look up to you and they should know your testimony. It's an incredible yeah. act of humility to share it. Right. And that's important. Yeah. And I think that that's the key ping word that we really want to drive home throughout this podcast is that that character attribute of humility. And it's something that Jesus obviously epitomized humility when he was here on earth. Um, and he we have to as parents, because if we ever get to a place where we don't have humility, what we have is pride. Yeah, that's the ulterior option, right? So you have this so. incredible testimony of faithfulness and fruitfulness as you were getting older in your later teenage years, mm -hmm. into your 20s. Amazing fruitfulness happened in your life from missionary yeah. trips. I to mean, we got married. Well, we were engaged when I was 19 and I was doing missions work when we met. Yeah. You Turkey. planted a seed uh, that God grew in me and I came to know the Lord and just incredible, incredible fruitfulness yeah. in your life. And whereas me, I didn't become a believer until I was 23 and it was radical. It was yeah. a radical conversion. In fact, I share that story publicly online for the first time in a different podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, he actually got out of me. I didn't plan on sharing it because it's very personal. Yeah, you've I've never shared it with done my family. Yeah. And you've shared sometimes when we have people over yeah, for hospitality. But it, it really yeah. is radical. And it's at jesustransforms.org. Hit podcast and I'm um, episode number 20. Um, and it has a lot to do with how we met and our yeah. whole story too. Yeah. And you know, if you're, we're not going to be sharing our testimonies in depth because that could take a, a pretty long time actually. Yeah. Um, but if you are interested in reading my testimony, I actually have it on courageousmom.com. It's a blog post and we'll put a link to it in this podcast. So also. you guys can go to those resources later if you're mm -hmm. interested in hearing vastly different, but yeah. equally powerful testimonies. Yeah. And I think that one of the things that for us, that I think is so beautiful about that is that we do come from very different spiritual testimonies in a sense. And so we bring a different appreciation for that journey. Right. Yeah. Um, and we bring humility equally, but, um, you know, our kids don't have to relate to either of us, but they're able to see, such contrasting testimonies, but yet God loves each of us equally. Yeah. And I think that that's really the beautiful part about it. Um, and I, I just, I, I think to myself, you know, as we were raising our kids and, and sharing with them the stories, like I've wanted my kids to 
look at mom to be reminded that they should be thankful that they're raised in a Christian home. Yeah. And part of how that is passed on, that gratefulness versus just taking it for granted, right? Yeah. Um, which is one of the the symptoms of like a religious home, right? Yeah. Is kids being raised in a Christian home and and taking that for granted. And that can happen when people don't share with their kids their testimony and share this one powerful truth. We have to tell our kids, I would be a drastically different person if I didn't have Jesus in my life. I would not be mm-hmm. talking to you the way I'm talking to you. I might be angry or yeah. yelling, or um, I would have handled this situation differently you know, whatever this situation or scenario is. The reality is, is that we all know how Jesus has transformed our lives, but we have to make that known to our kids so that they have an appreciation and they go, well, I'm really thankful to God that my dad is saved. Oh, I'm really thankful to God that my mom is saved. And if your kids don't think that, then they probably are going to take being raised in a Christian home for granted. And you don't want that to happen because then they just think every family is kind of at this level right. at least when it actually is special if you're intentionally parenting your kids in a biblical way. So here's here's a Today. here's a thought regarding like your testimony. Yeah. Okay. So your testimony is a radical testimony. Kind of, but it's not like Paul's testimony in the Bible, but right. it is kind of actually yeah. in some regards. Yeah. I, and I'm bringing him up for for this purpose, we all know Paul's testimony yeah. of conversion. It's in the Bible. It's We're incredible. able to read it. He was humble enough to allow that to be there. And that's the whole point, right? Like, so, you know, back in my teenage years, I remember bands and there, there was a slogan that was, what would Jesus do? What mm. would Jesus do? And, and yes, we should ask that question. We should teach that to our kids because we want to follow in his example. But the reality is, is Jesus was God. Yeah, And in here, like sometimes I go, okay, what would Paul do actually? Because he was a disciple of Jesus Christ. Like I'm a disciple are. of yeah. Jesus Christ in that sense. And like, I'm tr- I need to look at a human and go, how does this look to be humble before Jesus and to make Jesus known? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I look at Paul and I go, he was humble. Yeah. He shared his testimony probably over and over again. Right. So you need to share a lot with your kids so they don't take things for granted. And you need to share contrast with your kids, not talking badly about anybody else or anybody else's family at all. But if they don't know contrast, if you're not bringing up, if you don't make them aware of, hey, we're doing something differently here that we encourage you to replicate in your family someday. And it's this, this and this. Hey, this isn't always happening out there. And it's not to elevate us in any way but it's to make sure they're not taking for granted and they're really appreciating the value uh of Of being raised in a christian home and the why behind why we do things or why we don't do things you know and there's liberty in some of those right some of those lifestyle choices but some of those things there isn't liberty Right. right like god is very clear on gender roles within marriage right and so like for us there it there is very black and white actually yeah and so we're really clear about those kinds of things and so it's important though that in our parenting we remain humble like i think again about paul and how he says things in scripture like i was the worst sinner of them all right and do like i could equally say that 
And to, when Isaac says that to the kids, right? Like I was, the, we could all be really transparent and honest about yeah. the things that we had struggled with, but also giving them the hope of how Jesus made us a new creation Amen. and sharing that with them so that they know that there is hope in their life if they struggle with sin. And if you don't do this, they may be have pressure on them to be perfect all the time. You don't even realize it. So yeah. uh, in, in a performance-based home yeah. versus relationship-based home. So in Luke 8, 39, it says, Return to your own house and tell what great things God has done for you. And he went his way, proclaimed throughout the whole city what great things Jesus had done for him. I mean, this is a guy that, you know, was demon-possessed and and Jesus, you know, fixed that and boom. Healed guy, him, yes. Healed him. So, you know, kind of a radical thing there. But regardless, everything's equal in value in your conversion story. Yeah. And we should share it with right. our kids and others. Yeah. And I, you know, for me, I'll just share briefly. Some of you maybe have been raised in a Christian home and maybe you remember always believing in the Lord and and, and believing who God is. And you're thinking to yourself, well, I don't have like a conversion story to go around the city sharing that. Yes, you do, actually. Praise God that you were raised in a home where you were able to be discipled from the time you were little. That reminds me of like even Amazing. Samuel, right? Like Hannah takes Samuel to the priest and An she gives him to him as legacy. a child. Wow. Like that's, that is powerful. Yeah. And and to be able to say, yeah, I mean, I remember getting made fun of or tempted in this and I had to choose this and oh, I fell to this, but then God forgave me and I was, you know, sharing those struggles, your kids can relate to that. And the kind strength of, stuff. of generational legacy that's positive yeah, like that. Yeah, it is. So, I also want to share with you guys from Psalm 119. Um if you haven't read Psalm 119, this is a um this was actually a verse that I studied many times back when I was in high school. Um, and one of the words that stood out to me, I'm not going to count, go through all of them because Psalm 119 is a very long, um, chapter, but if you were to go back and look through here, you'll, you will see things like, for I have kept your testimonies. Your testimonies are beautiful to me. I cling to your testimonies over and over and over again. God's testimonies are referred to. And I'm, I'm bringing that up for the purpose of, elevating why it is so important that we share our testimonies because scripture is mm -hmm. God's testimonies yeah. through his people over and over and over again. And that's what how we learn the Christian walk. That's how we learn vicariously through other people's mistakes, right? Like, cause we can, we can watch and listen and read to all the blunders of the Kings of past and, and learn some really powerful lessons without actually having to live them ourselves. Mm -hmm. And we want to teach our kids to be those kind of learners, right? Yeah. Cause there's two types of people. We say this all the time to our kids. Hey guys, there's two types of people, those that learn from their mistakes and those who learn from other people's mistakes. We want to be the latter, the people who learn from other people's mistakes. So read up, mm -hmm. read God's testimonies. But in verse one, it says here of, um, Psalm 119, blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. You have commanded us to keep your precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep your statues. And then if you skip down to verse nine, it, it says, how can a young man cleanse his way? Here's your answer, right? Like if your teenage sons and daughters are like, well, how can I keep my way pure? That's another translation. How can yeah. a young man keep his way pure? By taking heed according to your word. Amen. Take heed according to the word. With my whole heart, I have sought you. 
Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies is verse 14. Then if you skip over to 21, it says, you rebuke the proud, the cursed, who stray from your commandments. Mm -hmm. Remove me from reproach and contempt for I have kept your testimonies. And then in verse 24, your testimonies also are my delight and my counselors. Awesome. So they're saying, I'm, I'm reading your testimonies, O Lord, and they're my counselors? Yeah. That, that is learning vicariously through other people's mistakes. Right here, this is, guys, th- like I loved this because when I was struggling with thinking my conversion story, not, not, I, there, there wasn't like this really radical conversion story, mm-hmm. right? But it's saying here, says to keep your precepts diligently oh that my ways were directed to keep your statues and then it goes on and he's literally saying seek him with your whole heart blessed are those who keep your testimonies amen we don't have to wander yeah and and i think that this could be really a powerful study for parents to do with their kids if they go through psalm 119 because this is an encouragement to people to not have to rebel to not have to go wander astray and come back yeah because that's not biblical it's really good point two is your story keeps growing at least it should yeah and so it's really think about this um is your life about pursuing what's comfortable or pursuing god's will and if it's about pursuing god's will then your story will keep growing there's mm-hmm. always more experiences to share mm-hmm. and more growth in your walk with God and all these kinds of things. Well, and that's the thing is that a testimony isn't, I, I, I just, I think that, you know, we're all on these spiritual journeys mm-hmm. and we're always growing. Like you said, we always should be. But if we're not, if we don't have anything to share with our kids about what we're learning in the Lord, we really need to ask a question. And the question is why? Mm-hmm. Why do we not have anything to share? Is it because we're not growing? Because if that's the truth, how can we expect our kids to grow in the Lord if we ourselves are not modeling that? And modeling that is not just having the Bible open. It's actually sharing the things that God is teaching us. And that shows to your kids that you haven't arrived. And sometimes we don't realize it, but we portray to our kids Mm. that we have some kind of perfection or we've attained some level of knowledge that's superior or that um, we don't struggle with the same things they do. And therefore, they're a bad Christian and you're a good Christian. And you don't want any of that to exist. And there should never be a... I mean, again, this goes to humility, right? There should never be a pride of lording over like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm your parent. So of course I'm more spiritual than you. Like, no, that doesn't even exist. We need to recognize that if we are truly discipling our children, we should want them to rise above where we are. Actually, Mm -hmm. we, if we pour into them over and over and over again, truth, won't they be more mature at eight, nine, 10, 11 than we ever were if we're telling them the wisdom that we have when we're 40. Yeah. For sure. So then by the time they're 40, they're not going to be like who we are when we are 40, right? And that's a good thing. That's what we want. That right there is leaving a new legacy. Yeah. And you don't want to overprotect your kids either. What do I mean by that? Well, a lot of times parents won't share the hardships, won't share the tough stuff, won't share their struggles 
with their kids mm -hmm. because they don't want to overwhelm their kids. They don't want to burden their kids. They sometimes it's almost a selfish thing too. It's like, I don't want them to see that I'm failing in this, that I'm failing in these things. And yeah. if you don't share the struggle, you can't share God's miraculous work in your life. Yeah. If they don't know the struggle, how can you share the good that God's doing? Right. And sometimes, a lot of times, actually, if we're not sharing it, we're actually walking in our own strength. And we're Pharisees. I mean, I really think so. I, I to this degree of. Of course, it's age appropriate. There's, yeah. you know. Yeah. Now, yeah. To share with so age. let me just use so. So there may be some of you that are actually struggling in your marriage, right? Let's just call that one out. Mm -hmm. We're not saying you go and you sit down and you go, hey, kids, your dad and I are really having a hard time. Because in their mind, they may be like, oh, my parents are on the edge of divorce when that's not the reality, that right? Bad, yeah. That would be bad. So you have to use wisdom yeah. in what you're sharing. But let's say your business is failing. Why wouldn't you share that with your children? Yeah, you want Is it because prayers. of pride? Yeah. Is it because of pride? I mean, there really is no other reason, right? Like, oh, I don't want my kids to be fearful that I'm not going to be able to pay for their private education. Well, if they were fearful of that, what would it cause them to do? Maybe pray? Is that a bad thing? Yeah. Would it cause them to be like more thankful for what they do currently have? All kinds of possibilities. I mean, we, we have to realize that sometimes we try to protect our kids from things when in reality, God's like, don't protect them from that actually it would be the best thing ever for them to be aware of it and but it again it takes being in god's word and having his wisdom mm. from reading his testimonies that those testimonies counsel you and give you the wisdom and how to make those decisions based upon your child's spiritual maturity and their age too yeah so point three Actually, Matthew 5, 16, as we go into that. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. And point three is share your experiences with God. And this is kind of like what we were just talking about yeah. a little bit. But we wanted to make a point of this because there are a lot of different ways that you can experience God. Right, Isaac? Yeah. There's good experiences, right? successes, joys, prayers answered. Um, there's there's all kinds of good experiences that you can share with your kids, having a baby, different things like that. And then sometimes there's hard experiences, right? Whether it be like the business failure or the dog dies mm -hmm. or uh, you lose a crop because you're a farmer or um, maybe a grandma passes away or breaks a hip and needs to live with the family and then that causes, um, you know, more work or potential stress, even, you know, taking yeah. care of someone elderly in the family is a whole new lifestyle change. Right. And so a lot of times people make those decisions based upon not wanting to be inconveniencing their child's childhood experience. Yeah. In reality, they're not seeing that that could be a potentially character building experience for their child that would help them to become more compassionate for people and lead them into the vocation that God has for them. Right. Yeah. And so we just need to be open-minded. Now we're going to just pause for a moment here and we'll continue. Um, but we have the parenting mentor program, which hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of parents have yeah. gone through and are raving about it. It's transformational. Praise God. Um, yeah. and we're really excited about it. it's a self-paced six week program. 
And we'd love to have you join us as part of it. Not only is it awesome and you get to lock arms with other people in the community mm -hmm. that are going through this, which helps with these kinds of concepts when other people yeah. are going in the same direction, um, but it also supports the ministry, which yeah. is amazing. So yeah. let's hear from people that have gone through it. Steve and I realized that we were getting too comfortable with the world's vision of how to raise our children. What Angie and Isaac have done in creating this is literally phenomenal. This program provided awesome scripture-based teachings and just some really great practical applications. This class has just really rocked my world. It has given me a vision for not just the different things that we might focus on as parents who are trying to raise our kids biblically, like how our kids are behaving or what we're doing with discipline, but also the things of the heart. We now have a game plan to how we want to raise our children. We have so many answers to the questions that have been in our mind. It's not just these hypothetical situations or it's not just this, here's what I think you should do. It's let me show you where in scripture this is. Do your legacy a favor and yourself a favor and just do it. One of the best things that we've done this year, one of the best investments we've made this year, and I could not recommend it more. We're no longer fearing dark days ahead, but we're so excited to raise lights to be leaders for the next generation. Okay, so point three, continuing sharing your experiences yeah. with God. You've got to invite your kids to be part of it. Right. Now, hold on a second. So you're saying invite your kids to be part of the experience that you are having with God. Mm -hmm. What if you're in a season of your life where you're not experiencing God? Well, you got to invite your kids to that too. Interesting. Yeah. So this is the thing. A lot of times I think people don't have spiritual conversations, right? They don't disciple them really or, yeah. or um, know what to teach their kids, for example. Um, or they don't have a testimony to share. And if that's you, then I'm going to ask you some really hard questions because I think they need to be asked. Why is it that you don't have a testimony to share? Mm -hmm. um, why don't you have something to tell your kids that you just learned from God this week? Mm -hmm. um, and in the exercise of inviting them to experience God along with you, I would ask if you can't do that, is it because you're not inviting God? to be a part of every aspect of your life, mm. actually. Because, so let's 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 maybe name off some examples. Maybe you could speak to taking your kids to work with you. Oh, yeah. I love taking my kids to work. But I could understand if someone was two different people, one person when they're at home mm -hmm. and maybe not so much of a Christian when they're at work publicly, right. then they might hesitate to bring the kids. But see... People I used to work with, I think when Austin was eight uh, and, and Kelsey was how old 10, she? 10, 10 11, and they would yeah. come to work with me and so forth. And I worked with a lot of young adults at the time and people in that environment, um, a lot of independent contractors would swear and things like that. However, when they were around me, they, they would not. not. Yeah. And so because they knew I was a Christian, they, yeah. they never saw me swear. Right. I never joined in it. And so, and they respected me. And I never made mm -hmm. them feel bad necessarily, but right. they respected me. So when my kids are around, that stuff didn't happen. Right. And you weren't concerned about it because if it did, you would just correct them right then and there and show your kids what it looks like to stand up for righteousness. Right. Yeah. And so, um, and then you talk to the kids about it later and probably pray for that person too. Cause I know that we've had a lot of those kinds of, um, experiences as well. Yeah. 
Um, but I would say that sometimes guys can't necessarily take their kids to True. work with them. Lots of people um, That's just one example of like, are you going to work on purpose as a disciple maker, as mm -hmm. a missionary in your work field, right? You have this vocation. You're definitely getting what you need to get done done, but you have a bigger picture that's I want to be an ambassador for God within the work I'm doing. Now I want to take my son so that he can see what that looks like. Right. Yeah. Versus like, let's say a guy is maybe flirtatious, for example, with the secretary. He's yeah. not going to want his son to go. Right. right? Yeah. Like, and I know I'm just throwing out some really crazy examples, a, um, but having your daughter join you for birth birth or a miscarriage. And why wouldn't you want that to happen? So, you know, it's interesting. And this, I, and I'm, this is kind of a touchy subject because, um, these kinds of things, you have to make the decision on can your is your child spiritually mature enough? Are they mature enough to actually watch a child be born into the world, right? Or would yeah. that become a scary, traumatic thing for them? Um, and I will say, like, I've had Megan at three births, Kelsey at three births. Um, Megan was five when she was at Ethan's birth. Um, Kelsey was seven when she was at her at the Why first birth. Why wouldn't somebody? Well, potentially because they maybe lack self-control over their emotions or their words or their body, right? And so they are fearful of having their kids there because they don't want to scare their kids in having a baby in a painful kind of way, right? Mm -hmm. um, for me, I chose to invite them because I wanted them to see what it looked like to invite God into the birthing experience. And yeah. if you want to learn more about that, you can get my book, Redeeming Childbirth. But that's just one example, right? Like, yeah. and and it's an everyday thing. Like, I am a stay-at-home mom, and so I, I view what I do within my home as a missionary. And so I try to invite God into that, and I try to model what that can look like for my kids. Do I do it perfectly every day? No. <laughs> How about sharing your experiences uh, with, with God in terms of prayer? How about answers to prayer? Mm -hmm. How about the blessings God provides? Or do mm -hmm. are we taking credit for that in front right. of our kids? Or how about when we fail and we trust God and God takes us through that? Here's a really practical example that everybody can practice. If you have ever taken a child to the grocery store with you, do you have a preparatory conversation in the car where you say, hey, where are we going to show people? And then your kids should respond with something like, the kids are a blessing. And they know that they're going in to be ambassadors, to be in be a light, to show people that kids can be a blessing, that they can be obedient, that they can be what God's word tells them to be, actually. And that they're actually part of the Great Commission by how they are acting in public. Right. Mm -hmm. And how they're being polite, how they're looking at the cashier in the eye, how they're saying, excuse me, when they're walking down the aisle, how they help the old lady unload her groceries into the car, how they ask somebody who is getting in their car if they can take their cart back for them. Yeah. What There are a million ways that you can be a light and bless other people and be purposeful in witnessing. But it all comes down to like, do you yourself do that? Because if you don't do that, you're not going to be teaching your kids to do it. So you need to do it. But then you need to prep your kids and invite them to do it along with you. Yeah. And that's just like a really basic example, but you could take this into the bigger things that we're talking about, like birth or miscarriage, even, you know, not hiding that from the kids, yeah. sharing that with them. Megan was a huge blessing to me. Um, 
through this last miscarriage and she just wowed me. And we'll share more about that in the next podcast, but um, it's not just the good things that you share with them. It's also the hard things so that they can grow and it can be a redemptive experience for them. How about an epiphany from reading God's word? And it's just like amazing how it hit you and how the Holy Spirit had you read a certain page and boom, it was exactly what you needed. Do you share that with the kids? Um, and maybe sh- sometimes it's even something that you like God reveals something to you and it's not through the word. Like I was watching Wonder Woman with Megan and we were talking about how she runs towards war. Right. Yeah. And because here I am in this position of suffering and I'm going through a miscarriage, it God speaks to my heart. This is what Christian leaders are actually supposed to do. They're supposed to run towards the suffering. Yeah. And so then I start teaching her what God is teaching me and some of the scripture that backs that up. And it's just been a powerful thing. That was one of the many things that I learned and have been impacted by just in this past week. And so like on a weekly basis, there should be multiple things that are even like that. How about sharing stories of witnessing to somebody? That you yeah. bump into or from work or I know I know when I travel, uh, I try and witness and often it happens to Uber drivers <laughs> yeah, and Lyft drivers that yep. are taking me to and fro. You and know? what's interesting is like that wasn't something that you like set out to do. It just happened because you were focused on God and loving him yeah. and God provided those opportunities. Then I can natural. share those stories when and I then, go home. Yeah. Then he comes home and he shares those stories. So now when he goes out of town, guess what the kid's? Sometimes pray when they pray for while you're gone is that God would provide an opportunity for daddy to share the gospel with with another taxi cab driver. And so you see how it changes people's mindset, perspective, and actually their opportunities. That's why if we're pursuing comfort, you probably won't have stories. But if we're pursuing God's will in our life, we're going to have stories. Yeah. We're going to be able to share mm -hmm. what God is doing in our lives, the small little things and the medium-sized things. And then sometimes there'll be some big things Mm -hmm. and they're all valuable and all important. Mm -hmm. And you're weaving into the tapestry of your parenting on a daily basis in your leadership. It's super important. Yeah. I, you know, I think that there, there are some really deep questions that people could be asking here and and realize that you guys, we're not trying to make anyone feel condemned, right? Like, but we definitely think that this aspect of sharing what you're learning showing your kids that you are in a humble heart posture towards God and that you don't know it all and that you're constantly trying to grow, it changes your relationship with your kids and it changes their relationship with God. Because if you come across as if you know it all and you're this perfect Christian and they sense that you expect that same thing from them, they are not going to have the same teachable heart towards God. And that's going to drastically change if they have a religious culture in their home or a culture of seeking after God because they love him. And it's not that we don't do the Christian things. We definitely do them, but it's God cares about the heart, not what we do. Right. And so um, if if we love him, all of those things will be the fruit that comes out of our life. So the point four is pride equals religious Humility equals relationship. And I'm going to kick it off with Proverbs 11, 2. When pride comes, then comes shame. But with the humble is wisdom. So when pride comes mm-hmm. in parents, in parenting, mm-hmm. uh, like I'm not going to share this with you. I don't have time. I'm impatient or you, it's none of your business and these kinds of things. What mm-hmm. comes later? Shame. Mm-hmm. So we don't want that. 
and we want our kids to come to us for wisdom. How can we expect them to come to us for wisdom if we're prideful? Right. Well, and kids can sense, I feel like they have a, a sixth sense, if you will, or an extra sense. Um, they can detect hypocrites right away and they can tell when a parent is prideful and right. Yeah. They can just tell. Um, and part of that is actually reflected in a relationship between a parent and a child, right? Because reality is no parent is perfect. And there are times when you're going to screw up. And in those moments when you screw up, if you are humble, you will apologize right away. If you are prideful, you won't. And if your kid has, and sometimes even, even when it comes to that, as a parent, sometimes we don't apologize right away, right? Like sometimes we struggle with being prideful in the moment also, but is that your track record with your kid or do they generally like most of the time see a humble heart attitude? And when you're not, do they come to you and go, Hey, I actually feel like there's some pride here. Like, can, can you have that open kind of respectful discussion? Now I'm talking about kids who are much older, obviously, cause you're not going to hear this from a four-year-old. Although sometimes even those four-year-olds will say things that are super convicting, like mommy, you have a hardened face or, you know, things like yeah. that, that we've taught the kids. It is wicked for you to harden your face. Well, a, so, home, a home that's focused on a religious stature mm-hmm. versus a relationship stature is harmful. Mm-hmm. And it's but not. But if there's humility, then there's communication. There's communication. The so we should go over some of that. What does pride look like to make mm-hmm. sure people are staying away from it? Well, um, Proverbs twenty nine twenty three says, "A man's pride will bring him low, but the humble in spirit will retain honor." Amen. And so I actually think that being prideful versus humble. Um, that this is something that every human needs accountability for, because I think it's actually a temptation for human nature to go back to um, being prideful. I think it's one of the, um, the big sins it's selfishness and pride actually is like huge. Most sins can, when you go back and you look at the root of the sin, you can label it as pride usually. And, so I think that there's a need for accountability in marriage, in biblical friendships within your body of Christ. Um, and this is why, because this scripture says a man's pride will bring him low, but the humble in spirit will retain honor. And in a community, if you have a humble spirit, you'll retain honor. But if you if you don't, you're not. You're not going to retain honor and your kids are going to see that. And I actually think that this is an element of like even as adults who's leading us, we we need to look at their people's relationships with their kids and go, do their kids respect them? Because if their kids don't respect them, then maybe they're they're more prideful or maybe they're struggling with something there. Yeah. So So kids often in a religious home have to be perfect and they don't know the whys. Mm-hmm. So it's just like they're supposed to do certain certain it's really rule based. I would say that there's even another symptom is walking on eggshells. Yeah. Right? Like where they feel like they can't ever mess up. Not even talking about sin here, but just even a mistake. If they feel like they're walking on eggshells, they can't spill milk without getting yelled at. There's a lot of clear expectations of how we shouldn't be, but Mm -hmm. there's very few expectations of how we should be. Right. And so I, yeah, those are indicative of a religious, yeah, yeah, a religious atmosphere is definitely like if you were to ask the kids, 
um, how they should act, they probably say, well, we shouldn't, well, we shouldn't, well, we shouldn't, right? There's a whole bunch of can'ts in the list of what they think is expected of them. That's very um, conducive of a legalistic religious home. Um, Now, when we're saying like religious versus relationship, we think that there is definitely a need for like obeying God's word and and not backing down on that and having biblical truth in your home for sure. Like sin is sin. That's not what we're saying. But what we are saying is that we should care about what that sin is a symptom of in someone's heart. And that, yeah. that conversation is more important when we're disciplining our children, when we're talking to them about things. Yeah, and you see it in, in a lot of pastors' kids, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, um, unfortunately, um, it's hard work. The pastors are working really hard and they have relationships all over the place. And a lot of times those relationships don't get back to the kids. Uh, And then there's just Mm -hmm. a bunch of expectancy on the kids without strong relationship with the parents. This Mm -hmm. isn't in all cases, of course, but you see this a lot. But that it could happen in a lot of Christian homes where there's high expectations, Mm -hmm. but there's a lack of relationship. Yeah. And And that's not how God is. God is about relationship and high expectations. Yeah. And I think a lot of times when you have that scenario, that fruit that comes from it is that those kids walk away. Yeah. That they're what what they if they were good kids and up into high school, for example, it was because they were playing a role and they were just being what they thought their parents wanted them to be. And then when they started thinking autonomously, they didn't actually have a relationship with God that was going to be their why for why they want to obey him. Um, you know, a huge part of this too is that relationship is based upon uh, discipleship. Yeah, it's required it for is. discipleship. Yeah, and Jesus came and what did he do in his ministry? He when walked his, with his disciples. Yeah, when he was older, right? That was his mission was he was discipling people and then he was going around. and They ate a lot of meals. They did. And they... <laughs> And as he went around, people went would go, oh, he, he he cured people. There were miracles, all these things. Yeah, but in every situation, isn't he talking to his disciples and saying, hey, did you see what just happened? Mm-hmm. He's like, follow me. You will do greater things than this. And yeah. like the whole time, he was actually teaching the disciples what to do in addition to also caring for souls because that's how good God is. He can do both. Versus religion is often obligatory ster- ceremonies. And one of those in the kids' minds becomes church right like if your kids are just going to church because they have to and there's no um relationship behind their why for going um obviously when it comes to church our main reason for wanting to go should be because we love god Mm -hmm. and that should be our kids reason for wanting to go is because they love god but there should be an experience of authentic relationship humility amongst the people at Mm -hmm. your church yeah, and I think part of it too is uh, when we say relationship, it's also part of being able to have relationship with Christ, right? Mm-hmm. Christ is reflected in the body Amen. of Christ, which is the church today. And so there's a need for real, deep biblical relationship within the church also. So it's important that you evaluate like, okay, where are we going? Are there biblical friendships for me and my kids yeah. that are here? Or are people just playing roles and it's all fake? Or, you know, like you have to, I'm, I'm, I know I'm throwing out some really intense questions tonight, but these are all things that we have to ask ourselves over and over again. We have to evaluate, like, what is the genuineness of 
the walk and the relationship? And yeah. is there a desire to be growing in God like we were talking about before? Because our spiritual re- testimony is an ongoing testimony. Like you, you don't hear just about Paul's conversion. You see testimony after testimony after testimony in scripture. And that's how we all live our lives too. And if we are truly ambassadors for Christ, that's the point. Yeah. So um, I think that there's also age separation or we've called it ageism here on the podcast. That's another example of religion versus Mm -hmm. relationship. Right. We should be in relationship with all different ages. Right. And be um, willing to be led by the spirit enough to go, hey, you know what? This nine-year-old is really craving more spiritual engagement. Actually, they understand the things. These are just like not, these crafts are not exciting to them. So why why do we not have them in the message with us and experiencing worship and doing communion and yeah. all the things, right? Yeah. Like you have to be able to look at your kids not as an age and then categorize them and stick them over here, but look at them as a soul that needs to continually be discipled and growing in the Lord. So your kids will never learn from you what you hide from them. So remember that it's mm-hmm. important that we lead transparent lives in our homes and bring our kids with us, and they should be experiencing the ups and downs of our relationship with God, talking through it and discipling them because there's authentic relationship between you and them. Yeah, and I think that too, when we experience the trials and the sufferings, like you guys, that is a huge, huge topic. We've actually done couple podcasts on it, um, the importance of sharing life trials with your kids and leading them in biblical, uh, the way to approach those things biblically. And that can be a huge encouragement actually to your kids. And so, um, be looking for the link to that podcast here in this, in the blog post on courageousparenting.com also. Thanks for joining us. See you next time. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. We wanted to quickly tell you about our six week online parenting mentor program. Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, Isaac and I release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you and your spouse to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting. It's an incredible program where we cover everything from obedience, training, to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's an incredible community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone. If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentorship program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com. That's CourageousParenting.com.